but let's let's dive into the word of God this morning. God is faithful. God is good. We have been talking this in the past, started last Sunday, uh, uh, core values, core values. And we touched a little bit last Sunday on uh, loving relationships, loving relationships. And if we're going to thrive as a ministry at the church, as a congregation, how many know that a ministry is designed to love people? Ministry is about people. It's not about buildings. It's not about things, which is that comes after that. But the number one thing about a ministry to thrive, a ministry to survive and going forward, to exist another 90 years, another 100 years, a ministry must adapt and, 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 and have loving people relationships because everything's about people. We're, we are in the people business. That's, what, that's, that's the heartbeat of God. That is the heartbeat of the Lord is about people. And, and today I want to talk to you about, about cultural relevance, cultural relevance. And I think that is something that is so important in, in the life of a church to continue existing, to continue moving forward. If we're going to uh, be here another hundred years, you know, God, if God tarries that long, you know, some of us will be gone with Jesus, but those who are left behind. And if the church is going to continue to exist right here at 3005, the Notre Sassa Row in Plant City, Florida, this church must understand not only having a loving relationship with people, but also have a cultural relevance to understand as culture changes and, and young people move to a new, a, new, a new way of thinking, new things, the church needs to also understand that needs to come to a level and able to, to relate to that culture of people that we're trying to reach. Can I get an amen? And, and that's what it says. Let's read the scripture first. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19 to 23, we're going to read in the scripture. You can follow on the screen here. He said, for though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I may win more of them. To the Jews, I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I may win those under the law. To those outside of the law, I became as one outside of the law not being outside of the law of God, but under the law of Christ. That's important. That I may win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak. That I may win the weak. I have become all things to all people. But all, by, by all means, I may save some. And do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessing. Mark Twain said, the only person who likes change is a wet baby. Some adults might feel that way too, but that might be a bit of an exaggeration. But from my own observation, most people have some hesitance toward change. Change takes us out of our comfort zone. It doesn't allow us to relax. It doesn't give us the assurance in life, life that we long for. Listen to this. Those who are over the, the age of 100 have seen radical change in their lifetime. There are 
unexpected witness to an era that brought forth band-aids and, and antibiotics and Kulik, uh, uh, callous cornflakes and, and camel cigarettes and the World Series and Reader's Digest, jazz, and the theory of retentability. They remember not just when man landed on the moon, but when, it, when he first soared into the sky. They remember that terrifying toll of the worldwide influence epidemic of 1918 and the wrench despair on the soup line of the Great Depression. The last century opened with the first telegram message being sent across the Atlantic and concluded with, with millions of emails messages being sent around the world every day. The moral climate have also seen radical change. 50 years ago, who, have, who would have believed would have, have abortion on demand, legalized homosexual marriages, doctors assist suicide, open nudity on TV that performs with the most discussed lyrics and act would not only be tolerant but admire and adore. Who would have ever guessed that this type of change would have taken place? Even though we are uncomfortable and should be uncomfortable with many of the changes in our culture, we must also understand that this is the culture we have been called to minister to. This is the time that we are living right now. This is the time that we exist today. This is the generation that God has placed us here. This is the generation that we are called to reach. This is the call this is the, the, the time that the church rises up and reach a generation that might be away from God and, and drifting from God. But this is the generation that we are called as a church to understand that we have a responsibility to reach them for the Lord Jesus Christ. This is our, this is our world and God has placed us here for such a time as this. We have been called to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to people of this generation. If we're going to do that and if we are and we're going to make a difference and be effectively, we must take Paul's example as our own and present the message of Christ in a cultural relevant fashion. You see, our core value states this, we believe the church should be culturally relevant while remaining doctrinally pure. You follow me? Listen to what I'm saying. In other words, we believe the church should be culturally relevant while remaining doctrinally pure. How many of that's important? Are you with me this morning? How many of that is important? That yes, maybe the things around us are moving fast and things are, are changing, but, but our doctrine, what, what we believe, what we stand firm on, what we're singing about, what we're preaching about, changes not. Things around us are moving fast, but we must understand that even though it's moving fast, we still have a responsibility to reach this generation, especially now than ever before. As that trumpet draws near, we need to get as many people to heaven than never before. The, the, the alarm is sounding. And we as a church, we have to do everything we can in our power to reach this generation. And before we examine some specific concerning cultural relevancy, let's consider some things that never change. 
things that never change. First is this, we're always aware that some are uncomfortable with the subject matter today. Let me, let me share something with you. I'm not preaching this message because there's a problem in our church about culturally changing. We don't, we're not talking about that. We're talking about the church in general. There are churches in general that they're dying and shutting the doors because they refuse to change and be relevant and be effective to a generation that, that, that needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, you don't like this kind of preaching, but I'm going to preach it anyway. If we're going to exist another 50, you know what? Uh, let me slow down. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me slow down. So I want you to, to be assured that we are not talking about political correctness or about watering down the gospel or anything in that nature. And I believe it is important for us to realize that some things will never change here at Mount Zion or in our Christian lives. What is that? Jesus. Jesus doesn't change. The Bible tells us in Scripture, Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. That is one thing that will never change. Jesus is our definitely our foundation of our lives. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. In a world of constant change, it's good to know that Jesus is always the same. Ain't you glad this morning? Things might be changing, but it's so glad that you can lift up your voice, call upon the name of the Lord Jesus, and he hears our cry. He hears our prayers. When you're praying for that baby in the middle of the night with high fever, and there's no one to call, you can't call the doctor, but you can call upon the name of the Lord. Ain't you glad that he is the same? Woo! My goodness, I'm about to, I'm about to preach in Spanish for a second there. Getting excited. Jesus, yesterday, today, and forever, is, it, it is so comfort in this day. And give us a rock-solid foundation, regardless, regardless of the changes in our cultural. Jesus remains the foundation, remains the same for all of us. What is the other thing? The Bible. The Bible. The Bible tells us this, the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of God will stand forever. You know what? They have tried, you know, in countries where dictators in other countries have tried to get rid of this word of God. But ain't you glad that even over 2,000 years, the word of God has still proclaimed, the word of God is still moving forward, the word of God is still saving souls, the word of God is still being preached around the world. It is still the number one book sell in the world. And they've tried to take it away from you. And they've tried to burn it. They tried to bend it. But ain't you glad the gospel, the Bible, it still remains our foundation. It still remains our hope. Listen, don't you ever allow anybody or anyone take the word of God from you. You can take anything else but the word of God. The Bible says, also another scripture says, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. Man, we are 
born. We are who we are because of what the word of God. As I'm preaching to you the words, these words came into my heart. And from my heart are given to your spirit. You know what? It is the word of God that penetrates the souls and in, in the lives of the drug addict. It is the word that penetrates the hearts of an individual who's about to take their lives away. You know what? It is the word of God that brings hope to a person when they see the hope. It is the word of God. It is the Bible that inspires us to continue moving forward when you think there is no hope. The Bible is just not something we put on our coffee table just to look good. The Bible is something, oh, come on, somebody. The Bible is something that we must open up and pray and read it, not just on Christmas Eve, come on, somebody, but it's something that we read 24, seven days a week. Allow the Word of God to speak to your heart. Well, listen to the Word of God. It will change you. It will change you. The Word of God stands for all times as revelation, revelation from, from God's mouth to our ears. It will never change. It will never take second place in the church. The Word of God is where we get our directives for worship, for our lifestyle choices, for practical instructions, for our salvation. This will never change. What else will never change? Divine principles. Titus 1.9 says, as an instructions for those who will hold leadership positions in the church, it is said that those who hold those positions, listen to this, must hold firm of the trustworthy word as taught, so that he may be able to give instructions and sound doctrine, and also be rebuked those who are, who are, who contradict it. See, the, the doctrine of truth, listen to me, the doctrine of truth taught in the Bible does not change anyone who tries to change it or water it down or takes it away from the from the pulpit or, or church classrooms will be refuted from the word of God and take away from position and leadership. In other words, those who preach the gospel, those who teach the gospel have a responsibility to preach the whole gospel. Not just what's convenient for you to hear. In other words, when, it's, when it gives you a tidy and your hiney message, you receive it. It's from God. In other words, we all, we all want to hear the good stuff, don't we? But what, but what about when God steps in our toes and, and God's speaking a message that is, that is, you know, making you uncomfortable? And You know what? Those are still the word of God. In other words, don't get mad at the preacher. Don't quit church because the preacher says something. No, you know what? Maybe God is telling you that. Maybe God's speaking to your heart and, and God is challenging your spirit. You know what? If we allow the spirit of God to speak to us in truth and not get offended, not get upset, and not get angry, but allow God to really speak to your heart and evaluate what God is telling your heart, my, my God, we might have less problems today. Oh, I'll move on. I can tell there's a shifting took place right there. I can tell. Spirit discernment, I can tell it. Let me move on. Spiritual needs. Spiritual needs. In every generation that have ever lived, people have hunger for spiritual truth. We have sought a life-given word from God, and we have found it in the church of Jesus Christ. When Paul preached 
to the scholars of Antheus, he said concerning God. He said, and he made from one man every nation of mankind to live in all the face of the earth, having determined other periods and the boundaries of their dwelling places, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. Paul, Paul was preaching to seek to, to for spiritual seekers and making it clear to them that God was seeking them also. In other words, if you seek God, God seeks you. You move closer to God, God moves closer to you. That's what Paul was trying to tell them. In, in, in Romans 2, 7, we find those who seek glory, honor, and, and, and immorality will be given eternal life. Hebrews eleven six says inform us that God rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Man, He will reward you if you earnestly seek Him. You will get the reward if you're seeking God with all your heart. Not just water down seeking God. Not just when there is a problem at home. Not just when there's a problem in my marriage. Not just when there's a problem in the finances and I'm about to lose my job. No, 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 no. He's, he's talking about seeking God even on the good day. Not only, not, not just seek God when you're down in the valley. Then you, you don't think about, uh, I'm about to get in trouble. In other words, you're faithful to God all the time. When I'm in the valley or when I'm in a mountaintop. In other words, my relationship and my feelings about God changes not. That's what Paul said. Seek him earnestly. It is a biblical fact that we will always have spiritual seekers among us. This will never change. Nor will our attempt to reach those seeking with seekers with, with the gospel. The second truth we need to understand, it is why what these things I have mentioned will never change. These things that I talked to you about, they will never change. They will always remain. The Bible, Jesus, doctrine, spiritual needs, that changes not. That will always be. But some things... And we always do. We change as we grow older. We change as we get older. Nobody wants to say amen there. We change as we get older. Ask Leon. Look how different he looks now. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we get wiser, more mature for some of us. And are able to have a better discernment as we age. Right? You would think that as we get older, we become wiser, more mature, having better discernment as we age. We change physically, don't we? I used to work out back in the day. I had all these muscles, all, big, all these bumps and everything. You know, someone said there are four signs of approaching age. It's baldness, bifocals, bridges, and bulgers. 
Someone else said the average life span of a woman is continuously increasing, increasing, though enable her to stay 29 much longer. She stays at 29 all forever. We change as we get older. I'm trying to wrap this up. Just bear with me. The ethnic makeup of our culture is changing. The ethnic makeup of our culture is changing. Listen to me. The Caucasian population is at zero population growth. While the African American, the Hispanic, Gloria a Dios, and the Asian population in our country are experiencing double digits expansion. In fact, by 2050, only half of the nation's population will be Caucasian. The concept of a multiculturalism will be increasingly significant in our language, listen to me, in our language, our customs, our values, relationships, and process. How will we reach out and minister to the different ethnic groups in our culture? In other words, our, our church, look at our church today. We have a multi-ethnic group in our church this morning. I mean, from different nationalities, different backgrounds, different, you know what? But we're here for one purpose only. And what is that one purpose only? It is to magnify and lift up the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter if tú hablas español and estás glorifiando al Señor en, en, en español y dando gloria. It doesn't matter if you do it in English. It doesn't matter. What matters is that we've gathered together in the house of God. And we need to understand that, that we're reaching Jesus Christ. There are also radical shifts in our way of culture views itself and process information. Erwin Manis research that have shown several significant shifts in our culture in this regard. And let me summarize them for you. From Christian views, from Christian worldviews to multicultural worldviews. We live in a multicultural world today. From Western influence to Eastern influence. From one dominant cultural group to multicultural. From small towns to cities. From books, from, from, from words and books to images and films. Man, our world is constantly progressing and changing. The church has always adopted ministry and methods to the to the cultural in which they live you know while Jesus what Jesus the Bible divine principles and spiritual needs will always be with us and do not change we know we get we understand that Jesus the Bible divine principles and spiritual needs will never change many other things are in constant state of change those remain the same but other things are, are changing the way we function as a ministry. Worship styles. Worship styles have changed. Technology, outreach methods, teaching styles, Zoom. We do Zoom. Talk about Zoom, reaching, doing a Bible study for those that are not able to attend. They can watch, their, they can be part of the Bible study through zoom youtube people watching on youtube right now on facebook listening right now on spotify and itunes right now live right now as i'm preaching the gospel 
but still preaching the word of God. The word of God have not changed. That, in other words, the gospel have gone further outside of the four walls of the church. Are always being adopted to reach those who are unchurched. As we as to disciples who are already Christ's followers, Jesus preached from the boat of Galilee, of the Sea of Galilee, creating a natural arena. I'm using a microphone today. Jesus was on a boat and he said, push the boat out by the, by the, by the, by the Sea of Galilee. And he was preaching the gospel. To you. In other words, the, the message changes not. The styles have changed. Paul, Paul wrote on, on a plant with a feather and ink, this week I used a Microsoft Word and put it on my iPad. The early church started from the scrolls and, and parchments. We have dozens of translations bound together in our choices of bindings and colors and, and Bibles on computers where we can look up scriptures in a millisecond. Some of you have the Bible on your phone, just pop it up and you're there. I mean, th those have changed. Paul, Paul wore a garment while we was preaching. Ain't you glad I ain't wearing one of those robes this morning? Wearing jeans this morning. Sometimes I wear a suit. Sometimes we don't. What, what matters is that we're reaching, we're, we're being cultural relevance. Cultural relevance. The church cannot minister to the people of 2021 with, 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 methodologies style designed to reach people of 1950 and i don't believe god want us to man ain't you glad when you go to the doctor for surgery the doctor doesn't pull out the world war ii machines out and we're gonna do surgery on you when you go to the doctor you tell the doctor hey do you have the latest technologies for surgery and to The very first verse of the Bible tells us that God, God is a God of change. He said, in the beginning, God created. God is a creator, and he is not happy when the church tries to stop his creativity. Are you listening to me? Almost done. I'm done. Listen to this. I'm wrapping with this. Once an American pastor went to see one of the new church members in the hospital. The hospital patient had recently arrived from China. And could not speak English when the pastor arrived at the hospital he took hold of the man's hand and had prayer with him as he finished his prayer the patient began to shout something in Chinese the pastor didn't understand what he was trying to say and the man continued to vain to communicate something to him but the pastor could not understand Chinese within a few moments the patient made one last attempt to communicate gas for air and then he died the pastor was called to preach the man's funeral during visitation the pastor repeated the phrase the man had been shouting to one of the men of the man's relative to see if he knew what the man last words might be the relative listened and when he had interpreted he said move over you're standing on my oxygen tube I can't breathe I think an analogy can be made between the story of the modern church. We, like the pastor, are capable of sucking the life 
out of the ministry God have called us to do. I think I think God would have this problem here, but I'm telling you, there's a lot of my friends, our church I've seen, they 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 were barely surviving before COVID. And a lot of them during COVID, they don't exist today. Because you know what? Because you have to make provision, provision pre prevent that before it happens. God wants us to breathe new life to this to his church. He wants us to minister with all his creativity and power. But many in the church refuse to change their mythologies because they are worshiping their traditions. If you think I'm against tradition, let me say that I'm definitely, I'm not. I'm not. What, I, what, I, what I'm against is traditionalism. Listenism. Tradition values the past and the way God has moved in history. And this is the ability to embrace God's movement in both past and future. But traditionalism embraces only what has gone before. In other words, it puts God in a box and it tries to strap him and tell him what is and what's not acceptable. You know what I'm talking about? When I read through the Bible, I found verses that tell me about a new song. A new heaven and earth, a new wine, new life, new covenant, new creation, new man, a new commandment. Our God is a God of change. He has called the church to be willing to change with him. Man, I tell you what. Am I done? Is that 25 minutes already? I'm done. Get up on your feet. God has called us church. God has called us to do great things for him. Some, some ways to meet the challenges is obtain a biblical worldview. Embrace new methodology styles. Be creative in worship. Man, we, we have so much to do. In, 19, in 1865, I'm closing with this. In 1865, an auditorial in the Boston Post, listen to this, in the Boston Post, read, well-informed people knows it is impossible to transmit their voices over wires. And even if it is were possible, the thing would not have practical value. In 1997, Lord Kevin says radio has no future. Thomas Watson, chairman of IBM in 1943 said, I think there's a world market for maybe five computers. Kevin Olson, president of Digital Equipment, corporation stated in 1977 there is no reason why anyone should want a computer in their homes man people have lost their vision you know what the average attention span of an adult listen to this this is you talking about you the average attention span of an adult is 20 minutes. 20 minutes. You can only tolerate me preaching to you around 20 minutes. After that, you, I'm on borrowed time after that. You're like just being graceful to me. You know? Okay, I'll give you another five minutes, but wrap this up. So I'm about to go. 20 minutes. Listen to about 20 minutes. A two-year-old, two four to six minutes. Four-year-old, eight to twelve. Six-year-old, twelve to eighteen. Eight-year-old, six to twenty-four. 
10 year old 20 to 30 12 year old 24 to 36 14 year old 28 to 42 16 year old 32 to 48 minutes that's on a good day have you watched them on their phones they'll stop for around two seconds and if you don't catch their attention by the way, they move on they'll move on I'm t- am i telling the truth am i telling the truth any young people back there am i telling the truth they'll move on in other words if you're not if you're not cultural relevance to them they'll move on and the church needs to be careful what do you think we have spent money in in, in in media and technology to try to reach and we still ain't doing a great job still not doing a great job still we have more a lot more work to do man because we have to be man look at all the notes i still have you guys are lucky this morning ain't you glad that we serve a god who never changes culturally things change but god never changes at all amen we say goodbye those who are watching online god bless you we'll see you next sunday